Football fans, welcome to the next edition of Pickin' Pigskin Winners here on the Aaron Torres Media. I am with John Frisella, the published sports writer, also the senior football analyst over at AaronTorresOnline.com. How are you doing today, John? What's up, my partner and my friend? I'm psyched up, man. I am ready for another season. Of course, we covered your Chicago Bears last time around out in the NFC, and now it's time for my New York Jets. Let's <laughs> shake things up. Let's Let's get some action here on this show. Okay. All right. We'll try to. If you have, the, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the NFC podcast on the win-loss totals that we just put out just the other day, we ask that you'll go over to the Aaron Torres Media and subscribe to the Pick and Pigskin winners. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Aaron Torres Podcast himself. What's what's that one called, John? What what is Aaron Torres? What is his podcast called? That's the Aaron Torres Podcast. You can get that on the okay. website. Also, for our show, again, Pick and Pigskin winners. We are now up officially on Apple. We have my original trailer there. We have my appearance on Bison Radio with Jeff Colhane <laughs> oh, and Andy yeah. Rickoff. Um, and we'll have our show for the NRC and the AFC coming both soon. So it's on Apple. It is also on Spotify. So that's Pick and Pig Skin winners for us. The Aaron Torres podcast as well. Uh, and we got quite a team, quite an all-star team this year. Look, at Aaron's, Aaron's building a, an entire empire. That's what I like to call it. Over at AaronTorresOnline.com. Make sure you make that a part of your daily routine. Head over there and check out because Austin Montgomery writes articles, gambling articles. He looks at the lines. He gives you the juice. He tells you all about those things. J.B. Barry is doing the DFS content over there, not only for Thursday night, but for Sunday as well. So we got a whole bunch of people writing over there. John Frisella, he writes like two articles a day. Isn't that what you're up to now? <laughs> I write a couple in my sleep. I write a couple, you know, when I'm awake. I don't I don't even know anymore. When I wake up, there's like six articles there waiting for me. And, you know, Aaron Torres gives me a call every once in a while. says, so Wes, you know, I'm thinking about writing this article. And I said, well, what article are you thinking about, Aaron? And and he says, well, you know, I, I got a lot of college football experience. I got a lot of college basketball experience. So I'm going to keep it in my realm right there. And he does a great great job with all of his podcasts, with all of his content. And, and Jay, uh, Johnny, you know how big of big big time Aaron Torres is over at Fox Sports and everything yeah absolutely you know you guys know Aaron's very experienced uh Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter he's our fearless leader uh we thank all of you for listening and also for following on Twitter um so you know hopefully this is going to be a great season for you we got a lot of winners I know for a fact we had a lot of winners out in the NFC so we're about to deal out some more bucks for you on this show and the AFC John I I have wrote down here very first to go over to the AFC East, which of course has your New York Jets in there. But let's wait a minute. Let's wait a minute for the Jets because I think that one of the more uh, easy to predict teams are the Buffalo Bills because they're hungry. I think that's what the young guys call it, hungry still. They did pretty well in the playoffs. They got in the playoffs, but they also had it handed to them a little bit. They've got one of the great players in our, in our game nowadays in Josh Allen. And a complimentary piece in Stefan Diggs. I wish they had somebody in their backfield, John. DraftKings Sportsbooks has them at 11 wins. I put them in there for 13 wins. Do you think I'm crazy? Or is that right on the money? Yeah, I think you're right on the money, partner. Because All right. in, in this, yeah, you know, in this division, I think it's a pretty clear two and two split. I won't say who's who uh, in terms of the two overs and two unders in this division, but we're going to get there. Um, this is definitely one of my overs. Uh, about what you said with the backfield, one thing that Buffalo does to make up for the fact that Singletary and Moss are kind of blah as a combination, nothing special, is they do throw a lot of wide receiver screens, a lot of quick passes, uh, and of course they have the rushing element with Josh Allen as well. So they do find ways to neutralize that weakness on their roster. So yeah, I mean, this is a team that's a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, do they have the physicality to challenge Kansas City? In the end, I'm not sure yet, but 13 wins is a good number. Not that much to say, really, just that they're clearly one of the best teams in the AFC. 11 is a very fair number. The juice is minus 130, which means this is the likely winner in this particular bet. So I, I'm going to go directly with you. No hesitation. 13 wins for Buffalo as well. And you say best uh, in, in the NFC or in the AFC. I think they're one of the best teams in football. You know, you could get most wins in, in the NFL this year for plus 750. And I think that's really good value for those Buffalo Bills. So I like looking at that as a possible play, a possible play if you like to, I don't know, go for the gusto. But like you've always said, that's a lot of teams that they have to beat out for that for that victory to come to fruition. Right. Now, where would you rank Buffalo overall? Oh, so if you, you don't necessarily have to say all the teams yeah. where you have them in the top six, but what number team is Buffalo to you? 
Well, they have got a really strong defense as well. I really like their defense. I do think they, they're they missing a couple of those pieces on offense. So I, I'll put them in my top five. I'll put, I, I, okay. wish, I, I don't want to see them week to week, that's for sure. <laughs> right. I'll tell you one thing about Buffalo before we move on in the division is Sean McDermott might be the most underrated head coach in the entire oh, NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Right? This is a guy I originally I had issue with him, which was he benched Tyrod Taylor when Buffalo was in a playoff spot for Nathan Peterman who clearly was not ready to be a starting quarterback and is still not a starting quarterback in this league. And what did he do? He threw five interceptions in three quarters. So in the middle of a playoff race, right? So I originally took issue with McDermott. Like, what are you trying to do here, man? You, you drafted the guy you're trying to prove yourself. That's not the right way. Cause that, that hurts the guys on your team that want to win really bad. So I started off with a bad relationship with him in terms of analysis, but having seen the way this program has developed, and the way that Josh Allen has developed year over year, and the way that as they add the talent and specific players, the entire team seems to come along with it. Uh, I'm definitely on the Sean McDermott train now, one of the most underrated coaches in all of professional sports. In hindsight, you got to say that maybe he was trying to prove a point to that team. Maybe something was going off the field. Tyrod Taylor was doing something. I don't know what it was, but surely he has a better eye for talent than he did with Nathan Peterman. Talking about somebody shaking up the quarterback room. The New England Patriots just today released Cam Newton and made Mac Jones from the University of Alabama as their starting quarterback, John. Uh, DraftKings still has them listed at nine and a half. I'm not sure if that's going to change over the next couple of days or not, putting a rookie quarterback back there in a very talented uh, division in the AFC uh, or in the AFC East. I have them penciled in. I may have to reevaluate this for eight victories, eight victories, mm-hmm. eight and nine. I, I think that that's just where they are. And, and Stephon Gilmore is still going to be out for like six weeks at least. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of a slow start for them because you would assume they're going to come out running the ball, right? I, I know Mac Jones looked very sharp in the preseason. Yeah. But I don't think when you unleash him early in the year against a professional tier one starting defense getting pressure on the edges – I don't think you want to take a chance that this is a guy who starts off 0-2 or 0-3 with nine interceptions in three games. So that being said, they're going to have to grind it out early in the season. So you're going to see a lot of Damian Harris early in the year for the Patriots. Um, As far as the quarterback situation at large goes, the entire team is going to revolve around the offensive line, right? So this is a team, you know the old joke, when Tom Brady was the quarterback, they, they used to say he could read War and Peace back there which is the longest book ever written, right? He had that type of protection. Well, that was not the case the last year and a half. The second half of the last season for Brady with New England was a struggle with the offensive line, and all of last year was kind of messy with the offensive line. It was a very inconsistent performance. So for Mac Jones to thrive, they're going to need to hold up. This is a kid that's not going to do well under real professional pressure this early in his career. So for me, I actually already you know had them for eight wins, so I'm not going to come off of that. That was a combination of the two. Mac Jones and Cam Newton, uh, and the fact that, look, I think last year we learned that it's not just, quote-unquote, the system. Tom right. Brady was a major, major centerpiece and aspect of that, quote-unquote, system. So this is the second year without him. I don't think they just magically, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, now we win 11 games with a rookie quarterback. So when you consider the injuries that they have and a rookie quarterback and the second year without Brady, it's still like kind of subtle footing. you got to be careful. You might fall through the ground. I think eight wins is good. Could I see seven? I could see seven, but I'm going to go with eight wins. I I could see seven a lot easier than I could see closer to nine and Mm -hmm. a half. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I'm not not wild by Damian Harris. He's an Alabama guy, too. I could say that over and over again. It feels like for every team. But uh, I'm not wild by his athleticism back there. So if they're going to lean on him, it could be a rude awakening. I think they're going to really have to lean on that defense at some point. John, you know what the first game of the year is going to be for New England? What and is Mac Jones, they're going to play Miami, and and Ooh. that's to a that's to a talk of a Lua quarterback, another Alabama quarterback. I don't know what this league's turning into, but it seems like Alabama is just the minor league system for the NFL at some point. John, they are scheduled uh, they are scheduled for nine and a half DraftKings victories. I've got a star by them, John. I've mm-hmm. got a star by Miami. Does that mean I'm going over or under by three games in my picks personally? You're going under by three games, my friend, because Last year, there was a lot of tightrope walking with this team. <laughs> yes, it was a program on the rise. Yeah. But if you go back and look at those wins and you go game by game on a game log, pick any player on Miami and go look at the game log, they could have easily lost as many games as they won. It could have flipped completely. Um, so I think if they walk that tightrope again, 
then they're going to end up on the flip side of it. So I'm going to say that Wes easily selected an under. I did. I got him for six wins. I think there's <laughs> you're very good. Very, you know me well. Um, there, there's a lot on Tua this year. And Fitz is no longer there. Fitzpatrick is no longer there. He's over in, in Washington now. And so that quarterback room is his. There's nobody telling him on the sideline, hey, throw it to this guy. Throw it on the outside corner. You're going to get it every time. You know, there's none of that leadership. And there's a lot on a young quarterback. And that still is what Tua is. He is a young quarterback with a lot of athleticism. And one of the things that does scare me about this team, and and, and, and it's always there with every team, but there's a lot of names on this team where injuries from the past will come back and haunt them in the present. And there's just a lot of names on this roster that I look at and I go, oh, man, he's always hurt. Oh, he's always hurt. And so I'm afraid that this win total is going to be, you know, go down a little bit just because of those injuries. And and I think depth is going to be an issue for this team as well. So you're right. I have them for six wins. Uh, do you side with DraftKings more or with me more? Well, let me ask you, when you're referring to those injuries, you're talking about Will Fuller? who they That's just one. got, and you're mm-hmm. talking about Devontae Parker. I assume you're talking yes. about those two guys. And and Tua. Tua. Tua was hurt a lot in college. People right. may not remember something like that, and I think he was even banged up a little bit last year. I think he puts himself in compromising positions. He doesn't know how to stay safe yet. He doesn't know how to find that little bubble wrap and just put himself in it. So I, I do think that there's some injury history with Tua as well. Yeah, I think so. And, and one of the issues for me with Miami is, and this is my weekly reminder for you guys, do not get married to one particular strategy. So a strategy here might be using logic, right? Logic with Miami would dictate two years ago, they were going nowhere, but Brian Flores was bringing energy like Robert Saleh, right? Mm. With the, with the jets now, like Dan Campbell with the lions. Now he was a young new head coach bringing energy. Now that's what happened the first year with Miami. Then they took a huge step up last year and they became a legitimate playoff contender. So logic tells you their arrows pointing up. Okay, but that's why you can't get married to one strategy because the under at nine and a half for Miami is minus 150. Uh So the juice is telling you that everybody is thinking what I just said, which is Miami's going up, 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 up. They'll probably win 11 games this year. Well, that's dead wrong if you look at that line, that minus 150 line. So I, I do think they play. I like their effort level. There's certain teams where you can pinpoint that and say this team doesn't take a playoff. So based on the line, I would pick Miami for seven wins, but based on their effort level, I can't give them any lower than eight. So I have New England and Miami tied for eight wins in this division. Speaking of teams that don't take a playoff, John, you know, I, I'm well, I, I guess that's uh, speaking of teams that don't make the playoffs. The New York Jets are <laughs> <laughs> I shot. I gave you a little shot there, partner. I gave you. Hey, they have made some changes, though, right? They have made some changes. They are on the come up, as the young kids would say. Zach Wilson is there. And man, not only does he look good off the field, you know, that guy, that guy's going to be on every magazine cover in New York City. He's going to be on every paper every single time in New York City. But he looked pretty good in the preseason, making some good passes. It may have been a little bit lesser competition than what he'll see in the regular season. But I still can't take that away from him. And, And that defense, man. They have got a leader now in that locker room for a defense. Yes, absolutely. Robert Saleh is here as our head coach. Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt LaFleur, is here in his first job as an offensive coordinator. But, of course, he's bringing a lot of the same stuff in terms of the system and a sophisticated offense. So you have those two guys leading the way. Joe Douglas, the GM, has been getting rid of dead weight and bringing in young assets from the beginning and developing this team from the ground up. So when you have the GM, the head coach, and the offensive coordinator lined up, everybody has a similar vision in the way they want this team to go. And I've been listening to a lot of the interviews, watching the reaction of the players. These guys are already buying in in year one of Robert Saleh's reign, right? So if they're buying in right off the bat and they don't need to be convinced that's already happening, they're already getting convinced, that's a really good sign for my Jets. And of course, Wes, what's the key in this situation is I'm a diehard Jets fan, and you know me. I think last year I picked them to win two games. So I'm not the Jets fan who's going to say, I'm a Jets fan, therefore they're going to win 10 games. It's all relative to the situation. This is a program and an all-around situation on the rise. One quick example, Carl okay. Lawson, who they signed, who was arguably one of uh, the top five or six pass rushers in the league, is out for the season, right? A typical bad break for yeah. the Jets. But what do they do? Instead of an old Jets regime, which would say, let's just promote from within and somebody will do a decent job and we'll see what happens. They immediately went out and got Shaq Lawson, who's a legitimate pass rusher. It's a coincidence they have the same last name. They're the only two guys on the team with that last name. (laughs) But 
they did not hesitate to say, you know what? We are a competitive team. Therefore, we're not just going to lose an, an elite player and not replace him. So that's a, that's a good sign. So overall, all things considered, I have the Jets for eight wins. Um, you know, it's going to be close. I could see my Jets coming in second place with nine wins here. It's, this, th- by the way, this is the only division in the league where I have three teams down for eight wins. So it's not something that I normally do. But I do think New England, Miami, and the Jets are going to beat each other up with Buffalo being the clear class of the division. So I got 13 for Buffalo and eight for everybody else. Well, the DraftKings Sportsbooks have them uh, put in there uh, for six wins. I went through their schedule with a fine-tooth comb. I thought about Robert Sell. I thought about Zach Wilson. I thought about them all, and I only have them scheduled for four victories, John. Four victories. <laughs> I, I Look, I think it takes a defense time to adjust to a new system. I think it takes time for them to be able to trust themselves in that new system and to trust that system like he had in San Francisco. I, I, I think that this really comes together towards the second half of the year. They have a tough schedule, John. They have a tough schedule. Maybe with that change in New England, I'll give them another victory or so. But I, I think that six is probably a safe DraftKings sportsbook position that's that's where i think that's what i think well let me let me tell you one thing about the defense that is important to note they do have an elite player at each level also they have the leadership right so when you transition you first of all you have a coach that's a good communicator so it's not like they're doing hieroglyphics here and it's in a code language like the cia <laughs> that nobody can understand right this this is a team so who i'm talking about quinn and williams last year became already one of the best defensive linemen in the league uh, he is ballooned. He's huge. He's a monster. He got so big and so fast for his size. So he's there on the defensive line, and that's a guy that you can lean on to lead you from a physical standpoint. There's another gentleman by the name of Fatu Kasi who Excuse brings me? so much pressure, right? He's a monster. So you have those two guys on the line. In middle linebacker, you have C.J. Mosley, who's one of the elite yes. veteran players defensively in the league. And then on the back end, you have Marcus May at safety. So I agree with you. If it was all young players, it would be a definite problem. I, I would pick them for three or four wins. But with those guys in leadership roles on the defense already, I think it'll be a better transition than you think. Okay. I, I, I'll i go with you, John. I believe you because you are the jet expert. You believe me about my bears uh, on that NFC episode that we just put out recently. So if you haven't listened to that, you go back there and listen to that. You can hear about the bears and I will believe you, John, on your New York Jets. But let's move on from this New York Jet love fest that we have going on right now. <laughs> let's, let's go over to the AFC West to a team that thought they saw something in Peter Min, if I'm not mistaken, that you just <laughs> talked about. Let's, let's go over to those Raiders, man. The Raiders, uh, to make the playoffs, is plus 350. The Raiders' props don't make sense to me. You know, mm. plus 350 to make the playoffs, that, that kind of goes opposite of the DraftKings' seven win total that they have. The fewest wins in the league is plus 1,200. I... I, I, I Whenever I looked at this, I just got really confused because when I went to their schedule, I had them penciled in for eight victories, eight victories. Mm-hmm. But whenever I look at all the prop bets, they're telling me that Raiders might not be a very good team at all. Yes, I'll, I'll explain it to you, my friend, because I, I noticed the same trend in analyzing the lines here. Again, we're talking about lines courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. Yes. Um, I'll tell you what the problem is. If the Raiders get off to a slow start, they are going to dismantle the team. Therefore, if you dismantle the team, so if you trade Derek Carr to the first team that loses a quarterback to an injury and you say, you know what, we're going to mail it in for this year, that over under that started as a seven is now looking more like a four. You're dropping three games off your off your win total by dismantling the team. It starts there. They also have Jacobs and Drake at running back. If things get bad, I could see one of those guys getting dealt. Um, You know, they have some guys that can get pressure defensively. I could see someone getting dealt. So that's why you're seeing the possibility that if the wheels come off the team, they become not only a team that won't make the playoffs, but one of the possible worst overall teams in the league. So with that being said, I don't think that's going to play out that way, but I do think they're mediocre. And I think as usual, they'll get off to a good start and then fall off a cliff. So I have I have the Raiders for an under because there's a lot of reasons why they possibly could go under. Um, so you want to consider all those possibilities. I have them for six wins. So that, that's my selection. I, I, I think that if they were committed to this team, they would have signed Waller to an extension. You you can't let that guy get away. That guy mm-hmm. is a is a transitional player that only comes around once in a lifetime. But at the same time, they traded Mac 
a couple of years ago to my Bears. And then the reports were they were trying to get him back this offseason. So I don't know what's going on there, the Raider land, but it's just not it's, – it's, something's weird. Something's weird. Well, you know, it's it's the roller coaster of emotions with John Gruden, right? It's uh, This is a guy who has had great success with his emotions because he was great on television and people loved him. And the ratings were excellent when he was on TV. Mm-hmm. And he did win a Super Bowl, right, with Tampa Bay. So he's had success with his emotions, but now the game has become highly analytical. And you look at this new wave of coaches that are all into the analytics, like LaFleur, like Shanahan, like McVay, et cetera, on and on down the line. I believe the old style of emotional decision-making is out the window, and that's why you get some dysfunction from the Raiders franchise. You may very well may be true, which may may put me out to greener pastures as an old football veteran myself, watching a lot of games here over my lifetime and looking at the lines and analyzing these things. Because last year, I think I was actually closer to the Denver Bronco win total than people wanted to give me credit for with my vic. I think I had him for negative four victories last season. I think Ooh. they came pretty close to that. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. But this year, DraftKings has him at eight and a half victories. I actually have him winning a lot more games than what I had him for last year, John. Mm-hmm. I have him for eight victories this season. I like Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. I think he's a 500 quarterback, and I think that that's what he's going to end up doing for this team is not making those costly mistakes that'll put their defense in a hole and won't allow them to be in the game. I think he can be in every single game, John. Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, you and I had looked at these lines because we like to do our homework for our shows. We come prepared for our audience here at Pick and Pigskin Winners on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Uh, and guess what? That line percentage and the juice changed dramatically in the last week. Now the over eight and a half is minus 150. It was lower than that last time we checked. Mm-hmm. So originally I had selected Denver for eight wins because I felt like people were getting too hyped. I, there, I definitely saw a comparison between Denver and Miami, the way that people were just kind of adding things together and just assuming the way this team would play in a certain way, making assumptions. And you can't really look at it that way. you got to be a little bit more analytical than that. However, that minus 150 and the line going up, we've talked about this on their show, which you're going to see during the season when we talk about individual games, the way the line goes. That line going up to minus 150 as one of the big favorites in the AFC, I got to pick them for nine wins. You can, I don't think you can win 10 games with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think you can win 10. Right. But at minus 150, I think you can win nine. And I, they are a better all-around team. They're more physical, right? Vic Fangio, your old uh, defensive coordinator from yes, Chicago, sir. they're bringing that, that physicality. So with that being said, I do think they can get nine wins while I have the Raiders at six wins. Okay. All right. I can see that as well. That, that's really good. Good offensive uh, team, really. I, I, I really like their offense. I think that's one of those sneaky those sneaky guys that you can get really cheap in fantasy world is, is that Denver offense. I'm not going to say that they're going to light the world on fire, but man, I think that they're pretty solid as far as on your fantasy squad. Absolutely. I mean, this is a team that like I, I've talked about this in the past. Last year, they were like an afterthought, right? It was a, They were like one of the least talked about teams in the league. Nobody cared. Drew Locke was a disaster. They were literally just one of those teams that had no headlines. Nothing was going on. Yeah. Now now you look at them, it's like, okay, well, they got a headline with the quarterback change. Bridgewater is absolutely an upgrade over Locke because he's more of a professional, right? Drew Locke is more like a Daniel Jones. He's more of a Mitch Trubisky, like a borderline backup quarterback, if that. Teddy Bridgewater is a solid professional quarterback, not an elite player. So you got a headline there. Then you look at the weapons, right? You got Jerry Judy coming into his second year, hoping to get better. You have the same situation with K.J. Hamler in the slot. He's looking to get better in year two. You have Noah Fant, who's one of the better fantasy tight ends in the league, in the top ten. You have Tim Patrick, who was a surprise wide receiver last year, a very dynamic player that not a lot of people are talking about. So if you, you look at what's going on in the backfield, you got Melvin Gordon, who looked better last year than he did the previous two years, and you have the rookie Javante Williams, who's getting hype in fantasy. So if you add all that together, you got a team that has a lot going on in terms of weapons. And last but not least, you're bringing back Cortland Sutton, who was out for the year last year. So the weapons are there, and the minus 150 line is telling me a lot. Let's take Denver for nine wins. I thought having a baby might have made you slip because you mentioned everybody but Cortland Sutton. And I was going to have to remind you of Cortland Sutton, but not old Johnny. Even though he's got a new little baby girl, he uh, <laughs> he, he still remembers the name Cortland Sutton. Speaking of little baby girls, I've got a teenage daughter, as you know, John. And yes. one of her people that she likes 
is Patrick Mahomes. Mm. So I'm just going to warn everybody that I have a bias whenever it comes to Patrick Mahomes because this is my daughter's favorite football player. All right. Now, I, I know a lot of people can smell what I'm cooking there. OK, I know they can. <laughs> so Kansas City Chiefs, they are uh, put in here by DraftKings Sportsbook at 12 and a half victories. I went through their schedule. I know who they are. We know the kind of weapons they have. We also know they kind of slept walk. I, I felt like they were kind of sleepwalking through last season. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to have a little fire under their tail this year or not, but mm-hmm. I put them in there at 13 wins. 13 wins. Patrick Mahomes is plus 500 to win the MVP, I believe, which seems like a pretty good wager. Uh, they have the best wide receiver on their team in Travis Kelsey. Uh <laughs> <laughs> In the league, maybe even. So uh, they have the most wins total at plus 450 by DraftKings Sportsbook. Where do you see this Kansas City Chief team, John? Well, look, with Kansas City, it's a story of two teams within the same roster, right? So you have the Kansas City Chiefs that we saw in the Super Bowl the last two years. And let's remind people, two years ago against San Francisco, they got thoroughly outplayed on both sides of the ball by San Francisco for three quarters. It came down to one play with the most dynamic player in the league, Tyreek Hill, where it was third and 15 and the 49ers had a lapse in coverage and Kansas City was able to rally in the fourth quarter and come back and win that Super Bowl. They earned it, right? It's not a question whether or not they they earned it. They absolutely did. However, they got physically manhandled in that game for three quarters of the game. And guess what happened? The following year, they returned to the Super Bowl and they get absolutely manhandled by the Tampa Bay Bucks. It was an embarrassment. Yes, the Chiefs had both tackles out, which is a major problem. Pat Mahomes was under pressure all game. But guess what? They got physically tossed around. Did you did yeah. you see? It wasn't just about the offensive line. It was the matchups all over the field. They got beat, hands down. So the story of two teams here is the Chiefs in the Super Bowl are a shaky team. However, guess where they're not shaky? The Very long haul of the regular season. Exactly, my friend. Okay. You know too well. So it, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. You know I buy into the programs. I buy into the coaches for particularly the season bets and the long haul. Some examples that I've given already. The Jets program is on the rise. I'm buying into the over with their GM and head coach. In the NFC, I like the Saints and Sean Payton. Even though Drew Brees is gone, I buy into the program there. I buy into San Francisco. right? So here's another one that's a no-brainer. Andy Reid, top five coach in the history of the NFL. I'm taking 14-3. and three. That's no sweat. Kansas City Chiefs. That's an ATM like Aaron Torres Media. I agree with you. I think I think and the most wins again plus four fifty, and I think they're going to be right there in the ballpark. Uh, look, the last team here in the in the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't get a good vibe for them. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they're. It's because they're so far away. They play the evening afternoon games, and I, I'm always end up tied up in the afternoon time. I, I don't know why I don't get a good vibe for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. But they've, you know, they've lost a couple of pieces here and there, and I, I don't know that I trust Justin Herbert in his sophomore year. John DraftKings has him at nine and a half victories. I put him down for eight. I, I, it's, that's the best I could do, and it's the worst I could do as well. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a story of two people for Justin Herbert, which is a he was so good at putting the ball in a spot last year. And ultimately, you can watch film up and down. I study, I can tell you, I study quarterbacks more than any other position because every year, as you know, I do a top 100 quarterbacks. I will literally rank all the way down to the third and fourth stringers, top to bottom. I've been doing it every year for years and years since I was a kid, since I was seven years old, right? So for 20, 28 years, I've been doing this and studying the quarterbacks. So with that being said, the key to being an elite top, top class quarterback is the placement of the ball. People could talk about reads. They could talk about, oh, the playbook, oh, the pressure from the defense. If you can put the ball in a spot where the defender can't even get a hand on it, which yeah. Justin Herbert did all of last season, you cannot be stopped. That he, he was one of the best. He probably was the best rookie I've ever seen in terms of ball placement. Wow. So that's why I say it's a story of two people, right? Is it possible to do that again at such a young age? I, I tell you, I like his moxie. Just sort of the way I like Zach Wilson with my Jets. I like the way he carries himself and he doesn't seem to be doubting himself. So it, I'm going to buy into Justin Herbert for fantasy and for him to repeat as a, a star player. Okay. However, the Chargers are like the Raiders, my friend. It, it never all comes together. There's, <laughs> there, there's a fast start and then a bad second half. Or a slow start, it goes on for too long, and then they can't get it going. They stumble through the middle portion of the year. It's always, there's always another story. Oh, four guys got hurt on the defense at mm-hmm. one time. 
That happened before the season last year. Four guys got hurt in the preseason. There's always a reason why they can't get there. So overall, right, if I look at the balance of the division, if I have the Chiefs at 14, and now that minus 150 line on the Broncos has me buying into nine wins for them, and I have the Raiders at six, I think the Chargers, because Herbert is so good, can get eight wins, but their over-under is nine and a half. They can't get 10 wins. I'm going with eight wins. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. And I, I, I'm right there with you. The only good good wager I saw this time was the Miami Dolphins there in that top half, on my page anyways, the top half here on the Pick and Pigskin winners. AFC win-loss totals presented by, not presented by, but we are looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, John. We're looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook here on the Aaron Torres Media. Hey, AaronTorresOnline.com, John. If you don't make that a part of your regular habit, which I know you do. You probably sit there and click on your articles each and every day, at least three times a day, looking for spelling errors or something, making a little list. You're probably ranking your stories as we speak. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you've been ranking everything since you were a little kid. You're probably ranking the John Frazella stories as well. You and JB, though, I saw one drop today where you and JB had one about a fantasy, uh, all, all the different fantasy leagues that there are. Absolutely right. So as of right now, I'm in the middle of a 10-part series oh uh, that I prepared in advance for the site because I know we had a big launch and we had a lot of big things going on. We got some sponsorships coming in. We have an all-star team. We talked about fantasy coach JB, JB Barry, Austin Montgomery, the boss, Aaron Torres, Wes Easley at Loafing It. So with all these things coming together, I prepared a series in advance. We, we made some updates for the lines and the injuries. So uh, today's article was also featuring fantasy coach JB. And it was about standard leagues, standard redraft, okay? Okay. PPR, redraft, and dynasty. So it's a two-part series breaking down different strategies that we believe is outside the box. We're not going to give you the obvious stuff. I'll give you really one quick example, right? Okay. For standard leagues PPR, right, you know that there are certain guys that are specialists that people like at the wide receiver position. Sure. However, standard leagues that still exist that are not PPR – which is a rare thing right now. That's like kind of an old endangered species <laughs> for those leagues that still exist. People do not take guys that are high in receptions because they feel like, Oh, I don't get the credit I should get. So for example, you'll see in the article, Cole Beasley, who is known as a PPR specialist had a monster year last year relative to where he was drafted. And he outperformed. You're going to see a list on there. Go and check out the article. Aaron Torres online. He outperformed guys that went 10 rounds before him in the draft. So little things like that, like don't just because there's a quote unquote PPR guy doesn't mean that you shouldn't draft them in a standard league. So that that type of information is in today's article. Well, that, that's really good to have. And always here on Pick and Pick Skin Winners, we want to encourage you that if you bet responsibly, we always want to encourage you to bet responsibly. Mm-hmm. If you think you or someone you love has a gambling issue, just call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. And they got all the help you need over there. And John, like you said, AaronTorresOnline.com. Aaron is building an empire over there. That's what I love to call it as an empire. It just rolls off my tongue a little bit easier. And and what I really like is we are just about having college football kickoff, the big games. Last week mm-hmm. we had a little teaser. Last last weekend we had a little teaser. But this weekend it's the big time. And that's where Aaron Torres himself, the man, the myth, the legend, is going to be able to shine. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So Aaron's background, of course, as you know, Fox Sports Radio been there for many years is in the college sports so come to us for your college football your college basketball your nfl your gambling picks and not only that consistent content right this mm-hmm. is this is a site where we're not going to go to sleep and wake up eight days later and say here's your next article <laughs> so you know come come in hot make sure you're following aaron torres jb barry austin montgomery wes easley john frisella at legend sports 7 aaron torres podcast you're going to get it every which way if you stay on top of it. And by the way, everything as of right now is free. So you're not getting that much free content from top quality guys that have been around the block for 20 plus years. You know what I mean? So you're not going to get that anywhere else. So come to us for all the good stuff. Aaron is a pro's pro, and he demands the rest. Uh, he demands the best out of each and every one of us. Here we are in the AFC North, John. We're going to go here. And, and to me, what are the teams that just is controversial? Okay, because we're not quite sure what we're going to get out of them this year. They have Joe Mixon in the backfield. He's been inconsistent. Maybe is that is that a fair word to say inconsistent at best in in his NFL career? Yeah, I would say inconsistent. I mean, look, there's a there's an injury that pops up here or there with him. There's a game, if I recall, last year where he had four touchdowns, and mm-hmm. that's a problem, right? When you have a guy that has four touchdowns in a game and that accounted for a lot of his fantasy stats, that means he is a best ball player. 
right? Best ball is right. when you draft your team before the season, and then it doesn't matter how they do overall. It matters who your top scores are for that particular week. So if you got a guy like Joe Mixon who's going to give you a game with four touchdowns, he's great for best ball. But is he worth the 10th overall pick in a fantasy draft? Not to me, my friend. Yeah. He's inconsistent from game to game, week to week. So I agree. I think that's a good word. He, he makes the list of people that I don't want to ever have on my team. Okay. Mm -hmm. He he makes the list. Alshon Jeffrey, who I probably don't have to worry about anymore, makes the list. And uh, what's what? Sammy Watkins. He makes the list as well, who's also in this division. So, But Gio Bernard is out of the picture, so maybe we can expect a little bit more out of Joe Mixon. I don't know. But we also have Joe Burrow back there in the back uh, backfield, slinging the rock around a little bit. And he is coming off of a major injury. And he himself has said that he's just not, you know, mentally there yet for this team, uh, it seems like. And I, I think he's mentally strong enough to overcome that hurdle, but yet still it's in the back of his head. And when people, when other teams know that, they're smart enough to play those kind of mind tricks on Joe Burrow as well in the NFL. We've, we, A.J. Green's out of the picture. This team just scares me, John. It's six and a half win total uh, set by DraftKings. I got him only winning three games, three Ooh. and 14, John, three games. It's a Ooh. tough schedule, man. It's mm. a tough schedule, and I could see it going downhill really, really fast. That might be a little bit low, but I have a star by that six and a half wins, which means I think it's a good wager. Listen, my friend, I'm going to I'm gonna give you advice, right? We, we like to give our listeners advice if they ask for it, but I'm going to give you advice. Okay. Stick with your guns this year because okay. it's easy. You get easily swayed by at Legend Sports 7, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So I, I got to tell you what I like about what you said, which is there's no question Pittsburgh is a better team than Cincinnati. Sure. There's no question Baltimore is a better team than Cincinnati. There's absolutely no doubt Cleveland is a better team than Cincinnati. So they could go 0-6 in the division, right? Isn't that possible? That's Oh, yeah. So with that being said, it, it's very possible they can only win three games. I'm going to tell you why this one is an obvious under for me. It's because this is a classic, quote-unquote, ball watchers team. Right, a ball watcher is somebody who only only cares about offense, right? But you can't do that in this league, right? One of my big picks last year that hit on all of its bets was the Rams. Take the Rams to make the playoffs. Take the Rams to make a run, do well in the division. Blah blah blah. All the prop, they everything hit the over hit for their win total because they had the defense to back them up when people were down on their offense. You cannot be a ball watcher when you're doing season long bets, right? Okay. San Francisco this year. Their number's high again. People are saying, why is it so high? It doesn't make sense. That's because they're going to make plays on the defensive side of the ball. So in this case, Cincinnati is not – Lawson's gone. Not only is he out for the season on my Jets, he's also not on the, the Bengals roster anymore, and he was their best defensive player. He's gone, and they already had the worst defense in the AFC. So they're not going to make any stops. Everybody's going to be watching the ball. I'll tell you who they're going to watch. They're going to watch Chase, the rookie at wide receiver. They're going to watch Higgins, the sophomore at wide receiver. And they're going to watch Tyler Boyd, who's been a solid wide receiver for five years now. That's what they're going to watch, and that's not how you win over-unders. This team is an all-around situation, is screaming five wins to me. So I got Cincinnati for five wins in this division. Okay. All right. I like it. Both of us on the under. And Tyler Boyd, by the way, if you if, if you see Tyler Boyd's name still on your draft board and you're down there in round six, seven, eight, I, I just grab Tyler Boyd, please. I don't know why in the world he is not getting any love. I understand we got the young talent there, but Tyler Boyd is a solidified receiver in this league. And Joe Burrow is going to want to see a familiar face that's going to be able to be open that he can trust. And I just think Tyler Boyd is going to be that guy. I think he's a great fantasy draft room value. Hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you mentioned them as being a really good team. DraftKings has them at eight and a half victories. John, they have got wide receivers galore. They've got Najee Harris hurdling people all the time, left and right. I think they, you know what I, you know what I heard they did on the practice field in Steeler country? They put they hurdles out there so Najee could get a workout instead of defensive backs. That's what I heard. <laughs> okay. I got him Vic. I got him. I got him winning nine games, nine and eight. I, I don't like the Ben Roethlisberger situation. He's every year. Ben has found the fountain of youth. Look, there is no fountain of youth. And Ben Roethlisberger is doing nothing but getting older and older. And he never looks like he found a weight room in the offseason. OK, I don't. What do you think about these Pittsburgh Steelers? I say it looked like he found a cheeseburger most of the time. He gets, <laughs> he gets a little, you know, a cheeseburger. So he gets yeah. a little something in the midsection. However, this is one that's really outside the green and outside the box for me, right? Because oh. I, you know, I study the lines as much as I study the players because right. betting is not just about watching what you saw with your eyes and making a selection based off that. There's a way more to the betting aspect of the game. Fantasy. Yeah. You can scout a guy and say, I like the way that guy looks like, like, you know, I like Chase Edmonds last year 
from the Cardinals just from the way that he looked and his electricity, and he turned out to be a good pick. Okay, fine, but that's not how you bet. That's not how you bet on over-unders. So here's the problem. I'm taking the over for the Ooh. Steelers because I think Roethlisberger is in a similar situation to Rodgers. Right? So as you know, and you'll hear on my our other show for the NFC, I have the Packers as one of the top two teams in the NFC. I believe they will make the Super Bowl this year. I think Rodgers wants to stick it to the organization and then leave afterward. Well, it's similar for Roethlisberger in that I think if he's not feeling 100%, but he's good enough to make it through the year, this could be the last hurrah. I really think that regardless of any contract situation, I think that if he has a good enough year and they make a run, he might say, all right, I'm going to go out in a high note. So with that being said, I think he gives us a last hurrah here. The problem is the over of eight and a half is plus 115. And I hate that. The yeah. under is minus 135. So that it looks like the, the right play is probably the under because that's a high number. But I'm going to stick with my guns like I told you. I'm taking the Steelers to win 10 games because I think people are down on them and I think they might surprise a little bit. Okay. Okay. I can see that. It's been weird to watch Dwayne Haskins in a Steeler uniform, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. He, he, he almost looks good in a Steeler uniform. Am I, am I, was I reading that wrong? No, you're not reading it wrong at all. See, Haskins ran into a bad situation last year, which was a lot of his own doing, right? He yeah. personally was causing a lot of turmoil within Washington's organization, and they was no, there was no reason for them to deal with it because they had Kyle Allen at the time who was playing well. They had Alex Smith, comeback player of the year, right? And they had Heineke. So they had three other quarterbacks that, that were good enough so right. that Haskins ended up out of the picture because of his bad behavior. But what I can tell you about Haskins is he did start last year as the starter for Washington. And in my opinion, again, having studied the film of quarterbacks more than any other position, I believe he showed a lot of improvement last year. It's not just now. It's not just this preseason where he looks very sharp. The key thing for a guy who's a mediocre quarterback – Again, I go back to the same category. Haskins is in a group with Daniel Jones, Mitchell Trubisky, possibly Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, right? These are these are guys that are fringe starting quarterbacks, if not definitely backups. The key with those guys is if they want to improve, they have to get rid of the ball quickly. Make quick reads, stop holding on to the ball, taking sacks, fumbles, interceptions, etc. So I saw that from Haskins. He was making quicker reads last year before he got benched. So with Pittsburgh, with a good coaching staff, and Roethlisberger to help him, maybe he will develop into a top 32 quarterback, which would make him a legit starter in this league. I would say right now he's more like number 38 or 39 or maybe 41 or 42, but I think he's on the rise. Okay, that sounds good. Speaking of quarterbacks on the rise, Baker Mayfield is one of those quarterbacks that that is a great team leader. It really seems like he is that in in the locker room. It seems like everybody loves him. He led his team to a playoff uh, last year. I think a playoff victory, if I, my memory serves me correctly. DraftKings has him slotted for ten and a half victories. I looked at that schedule and I said, John John Frisella is going to rake me over the coals here if I don't pick the Cleveland Browns to win eleven games. But John. <laughs> I, I, I think that you put Baker Mayfield more in that 500 Teddy Bridgewater range. Yes. Baker Mayfield as really? a quarterback is the thing that holds me back with this team in terms of the Super Bowl, right? I want to remind you now, I, I know you said memory serves. Let me remind you and the listeners of what happened for those of you that are following other teams that didn't care about the AFC or you were already done with right. your betting for the year and you did all regular season stuff. Let me remind you that the Browns were right there with the Chiefs in the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes left the game and did not return. Oh, so the right. Cleveland Browns had a chance to go onto the finals with facing Chad Henney. Oh, like, right. th- think about that. They had all the, the, the Cleveland Browns had all of their players on the field, all of their top guys. And they were facing Chad Henney, who didn't take a snap for 15 weeks, oh. and they lost. So, <laughs> so that's my worry with the Browns is more about the playoffs. Um, I don't know if you can get over the hump with this team in the playoffs based on what I saw last year. However, now we're back to the program, right? Mm-hmm. Some some teams that applies, some teams it doesn't, right? Cincinnati, there's nothing you could say about their program that really helps you in your bet. But Cleveland, it does. You have a head coach on the rise, Kevin Stefanski. You have a great rushing attack, which is a huge thing for me. In over-under bets, I want a good rushing attack. That's right. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, two of the best, two of the absolute best in the league. You got Miles Garrett, who might be the best defensive player in the league. You have a physicality to the team overall. So I'm buying into the program. I think 12 wins is too high, but I do think they will hit that over 10 and a half. So I got Cleveland for 11 and six, my friend. 
Okay, that's exactly what I have them as, and we'll have to see how that regular season shakes out for them. What a great team. What a talented team. It wouldn't surprise me if they go over that 10.5 by two or three games. I just couldn't see it in their schedule. Last game, uh, last team in that division, the Baltimore Ravens. I, I, I may have to adjust this. With the news of J.K. Dobbins being out all season long now, that came out earlier this week, the, uh, DraftKings has them still, I checked it, I think, at, at 11 games uh, won by the Baltimore Ravens. I had them. I had them before that news at 13 wins. This might be one of those things, John, where I look at it and I agree with you. It's the system. It's the coaches. It's everything about them. I, and and I have them for 13 and four. And I think that I'm going to end up sticking with that. And here's a little caveat: mm-hmm. if they do go 13 and four, and they did lose J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson is plus 1600 to return back to being MVP of the league. I think that that might be my favorite wager of all when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I like the value on that, my friend, because you you had mentioned earlier that Pat Mahomes was plus 500. Uh, When you look at the grand scheme of 32 teams and a lot of possibilities for MVP, even though Pat Mahomes is the best player in the world, maybe, you know, I still think it might be Tom Brady, but let's say Pat Mahomes is the best player in the world. Plus 500 still isn't that great because number one, if he gets hurt, you lose automatically. You have to consider that. Plus he's competing with every other player in the league at only plus 500. So for me to pick between the two, I agree. Lamar Jackson is the better play for MVP at plus 1600. So I like that play. Now, 11 is a high number. Uh, I mentioned it on the last show. I was at a nice barbecue locally. A lot of nice people that know football. They know I do this stuff at Legend Sports on Twitter, at Legend Sports 7, Pick and Pick Skin Winners, my partner Wes Easley. So they know about all that stuff. They said, what about the Super Bowl? I said, I'm not going to give you the Chiefs and the Bucks because that's boring. I'm going to give you the Packers to win it all over the Ravens. But at the time, I didn't have the Dobbins news. It preceded that. And what I don't like, I think Dobbins is a good, solid young player. Yes, in a vacuum. But the biggest thing is this is a run-heavy attack every which way. So Mm -hmm. either Lamar keeps the ball, he fakes the handoff and keeps it himself, or he actually gives it to Dobbins or gives it to Gus Edwards or gives it to Hill. Last year, they had Ingram. Right, So when you take one of those key cogs out of it, I think it hurts your season over under. I don't know if it hurts you from minute to minute, game to game, but your season struggles with that. So I'm going to go for 10 wins because, they, again, overall program, John Harbaugh, one of the best in the league. Defense will be in the top 10. We already know that. Maybe they'll be in the 7 or 8 range. So, But I got to go under, and the under is minus 120. So I have 10 wins for the Ravens. You smell that, John? What's that? That that smells like little Edo Smith train going to Baltimore is what that smells like to me. <laughs> I just hey. want to get through one show without you mentioning Edo Smith. You you mentioned him first, and I didn't mention him at all. He was off my list of things. Hey, Edo Smith, uh, possibly. Hey, they're, they're, I do think that, that, that they're going to look for another running back somewhere along that way. I don't know who they're going to look at, but I'll tell you a backfield that has got 100 running backs. And it's not going to help them one bit. The Houston Texans are put down. <laughs> For four DraftKings victories, John. Four DraftKings victories. I put a little star by here because I have them winning as many games as the Detroit Lions. One. And I let me, let me let me let me just tell you this: the fewest wins plus two fifty for the Houston Texans. So that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. The, it, to go winless plus two thousand, John. Two thousand. Let me tell you: if you look at the schedule, which I did, mm-hmm. I broke it down. Game by game, quarter by quarter, snap by snap, best I could. And I gave them one victory because I understand <laughs> that, that you got to stumble into one victory. Right. You know who I had them beating? I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> it was the New York Jets, John. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my microphone. You know, I'm in my office at home right now. I'm going to throw it right through the window that's right next to my desk. You, you, got, you think this team with either Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills is going to beat Robert Saleh, is going to beat Mike LaFleur, is going to beat GM Joe Douglas, is going to beat C- Captain C.J. Mosley, is going to beat Zach Wilson? Are you kidding me? I had to give him a victory. You can stumble into a victory. And now he, they, they they might be the team that goes out and picks up Cam Newton. So my whole one-loss victory, or one-win victory, uh, the projections might be out of the window. But Houston is going to be a very bad team. I got them win, uh, finishing last in this division. I uh, Four win totals by DraftKings, John. Do you go over or under that? Well, I, I got to tell you, I really was going to go winless just because, you know, sometimes we got to make bold <laughs> takes. That makes sense, right? It's a bold take, but it makes a lot of sense for Houston to not win a game. 
My problem is you mentioned one guy, so I thought the same thing as you. Once Cam Newton got released, I said, you know what, Houston might at least consider it. Uh, they'll look into him. And then there was also a story that the Bears are open to trading Nick Foles. Now, neither one of those guys are going to get the Texans to an over, right? The over-under is four. They're right. not going to win over four games. It's going to be an under. However, Cam Newton or Nick Foles could win you two or three games. They definitely could. So I now I have to change my pick from winless to two wins because of the uncertainty surrounding the team. Okay. Well, if Foles goal is there, I will pencil them in for negative two victories, John. All right. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I said negative, John. I said negative. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans, the perennial favorites in this division, I think. They went out and got Julio Jones. Uh, they also have a guy who you have in your sleeper article when it comes to fantasy that people can check out over at AaronTorresOnline.com. Uh, you, you have got him in there at tight end. What's his name? Anthony Ferkser, right? So Anthony Ferkser has been around for Tennessee, but he was playing behind Jonu Smith uh, as the number two tight end on this team. So Jonu Smith, of course, is with the Patriots now. So that opens the door for Ferkser. And I'll tell you what the key is. People are going to be taking A.J. Brown and Julio Jones so early in your drafts. Mm. But Ferkser is going to be the number three guy because, remember, Derrick Henry, who we love, is not a pass catcher. So if you don't have a pass catching running back, and you don't have a third receiver, right? I don't consider Josh Reynolds to be a third receiver. No. Tennessee signed him for that role. In my opinion, he's a fourth or a fifth receiver on a good team. So I'm taking him out of the equation. So you got A.J. Brown and Julio as your one and two in that order. I think Ferkser has the ability and the possibility to be that third guy right behind the two of them. And this is a team that's going to work it off play action. We, do, we know that. They're going to mm -hmm. fake the handoff to Henry. They're going to try to get the ball downfield. They're going to look for those intermediate throws where Corey Davis, who is now with my Jets, he thrived last year. So I like Ferkser as the number three passing option on this team. He's a breakout player in fantasy. And again, you don't have to take him too high anyway. You're talking about at the end of your draft, yeah. whether it's a snake draft going back and forth, or if it's an auction, you could probably get him for three, four, five dollars in an auction. So I like Anthony Ferkser. Yeah, and, and my fantasy advice is if you don't get one of those big three, four, five guys kind of going to Hawkinson and Font, uh, if you don't get those guys, just wait around towards the end of the draft. Look for those Dan Arnolds of the world or the Ferksers of the world or somebody of that nature. Uh, that, that's always what I do whenever it comes to tight ends and fantasy. DraftKings has them at nine victories, the Tennessee Titans. I got them finishing at nine and eight, and I always do my little uh, uh, – I do my projections before I go look and see what DraftKings has them projected at. Do you mm -hmm. like mine and DraftKings, Sean? Do you think nine and eight's fair? Well, again, we study the line movement, right? You remember last time we looked at this, we, we do our homework and our studying. It was not minus 160 on the Titans over. So that's a dramatic change. That is a mm. very high number going up. So there's something to consider, which is we know that the public probably likes the over. So that is impacting the line. The public bets are coming in. They like the over because Tennessee got Julio, and this is a hot pick right now. People like Tennessee. However, that is so high. Can, yeah. Partner, if you look really quickly, right, we go up and down and scroll. Can you see another one on here that's even 160? Is that I think only the Packers over 10, and that was our last show, was minus 165. I don't think anybody else has a juice that's this high. Do you see that? I, I don't. I, I it, And they change sometimes rapidly. I don't have that one written down anywhere as far as that, that price point goes. So you're right. Right. So now let me tell you a trick here. This is a, a betting okay. trick, right? This is why okay. you come to Pickin' Pigskin winners, Wes Easley and John Frisella at Legend Sports 7. A trick is take both of the unders simultaneously on those two teams because the juice is so high that if you take both and you lose one of them, right? So if you take the over because you think the Titans are going to be over, which I'm going to take because we're doing all 32 teams. It's a different mm -hmm. story. If you're doing a singular betting strategy, you pick two of them and you take the under on both of these, one of these is going to hit, and you're going to make the profit, right? Okay. If you take both overs, you're going to spend way too much money when you lose one out of two. So a good strategy would be take the under and for Green Bay and for Tennessee, both of them. However, for our picks and the purposes of 32 teams, I have to go with over on the minus 160. Uh, this is another top coach, Mike Vrabel, very sharp, very smart guy, does a lot of tricky things. He tries to exploit the rules whenever he can. Um, I don't like Tennessee's defense at all, but I think offensively with Tannehill playing some of the best ball of his career, hopefully he'll be healthy, no COVID, none of that stuff. Um, I think they're going to win 10 games. Uh, I can be, I can see him right there in that ballpark. I like the Indianapolis Colt team next. I like to look at them. DraftKings has them penciled in for nine victories. I've got a little star 
a little star by their name, John. Uh, that means that I like them to have three games difference from what DraftKings has one way or the other. Do you think it's on the plus side or the minus side of those nine victories, John? Oh, that's an easy one for me, partner. I know how you feel about Carson Wentz. I got to <laughs> say that this is an under from Wes Easley. You're right. I got him at six, six victories. Not only do I, we got the T.Y. Hilton news now, besides the Carson Wentz, maybe not being healthy. Uh, look, I, this team, I know they've got a great defense and that defense can keep him in every single game. The coaching staff is spectacular and I have much respect for them, but I don't know what's going on on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm not sure that Carson Wentz will know what's going on either. It's shaky at best in that quarterback room. And so that's why I have them uh, put down for six victories. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I just can't see any situation where a Carson Wentz plays the whole year. That's right. A. B Carson Wentz plays well for the whole year. Can't see that scenario either. Uh, and see that this is a guy that can ever put together a consistency for the remainder of his career, right? Ooh. This is this is not only about this year. I don't think this guy can recover from when he was the MVP of the league basically for three quarters of the year before his first injury, right? Mm -hmm. he, he was the best quarterback in the league for three quarters of one season. I don't think that will ever happen again. So mm -hmm. those are three aspects of Carson Wentz. That's a major concern for me. We What we do like about Indianapolis is Jonathan Taylor and Nye Hines in the backfield, and we love their special teams. This is one of the top special teams teams in the league. They make plays. If you draft them in fantasy and includes the special teams returns, Indianapolis is one of the best in the league for that. So their special teams are going to keep them around the nine number because that's an advantage that they have that other teams do not have. However, I, I can't buy into Carson Wentz. I can't go as low as six because between Frank Reich, the head coach, between their running game, their offensive line, which is banged up right now, but still on the top end, the top third of right. the league, um, I would say there. this is a team that's going to win seven games, maybe eight, but I'm going to stick with seven just because I'm worried about Wentz. Last team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are put in here at six and a half victories by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am going to give my prediction of what John Frisella will say about the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? Because mm -hmm. I thought about this team, and I, I know what I have met. I have met four victories, four victories, and I said, John, what is John going to say about the Jaguars? You know, because I like to wrestle with you a little bit, John, when it comes to uh, thinking about things. But uh, I, I said, you know what John's going to say? And you're very predictable on this one, I believe. You know, I, I don't like that uh, Urban Meyer's coming in there right now. That's not my best John Frisella. I got a better John Frisella. I can't, I can't unleash it, though. I'm nervous for some reason. Uh, I, I, I don't like how Urban Meyer's coming in there, running after a big payday. It never works out for those kind of college coaches trying to do this. And then Trevor Lawrence, he just doesn't wow me. He's got to earn. He's got to earn the respect from me in the NFL. I'm just not going to give it to him on a, on a silver platter. I think that's what you're going to say, and I think you're going to go under the six-and-a-half victories. Oh man, we've been working together on these shows for too long, my friend. You're you're absolutely right. When I when I see Urban Meyer, right, I'm uh -huh. looking at a blank wall in front of me, and I see names popping up in the bright lights. The first name that pops up is Steve Spurrier. Didn't oh. work in the NFL. The second name that pops up is Chip Kelly. That didn't work in the NFL. And last but not least, possibly the greatest college coach of all time, Nick Saban. I watch right? it so, now. Now, right. Now, I, I know that's your guy, but he didn't work out with the Dolphins, and yeah. they had some talent there. It was a pretty pretty poor performance from Saban, which is why he went back to college. Now, that being said, I cannot put Urban Meyer in that group without even coaching a game in the NFL. So okay. that's not fair. I'm just saying those are warning signs. That's what's popping up. I see names like that. I feel the similarities, and it's almost too easy with Trevor Lawrence. That's the problem. It was like, oh, everybody knows you're going to take Trevor Lawrence. That's the easy pick. Blah, blah, blah. He looks the part. Sunshine's going to be on all the magazines, all the television spots, on the Instagram, on the social media. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. He may not even be the best quarterback in this class. It, it's He's the first pick consensus, no doubt. If Zach Wilson was better, it wouldn't surprise me. If Trey Lance was better, it wouldn't surprise me. How about this one? If Mac Jones ends up better because of the coaching he gets from Belichick and McDaniels, that wouldn't surprise me. The only one, and I swear, I swear I'm not saying this to, to get you upset, Fields worries me a little bit in terms of how he throws the ball. I like his athleticism, and I like that he's a competitor out there, but I don't know if he can throw the ball in tight windows in the NFL at the level that Trevor Lawrence can. So all that being said, you got to, like you said, you have to develop your franchise. Jacksonville's not there. Six and a half is way too high. The juice is minus 150. 
right? So to conclude this show, my two top picks are the Jets over and Jacksonville under. Uh, it's very close to three wins for me for Jacksonville. You know what? You picked four. So I'm going to take Jacksonville for three wins, my friend. Okay. All right. That sounds good. And I trust you, Legend Sports 7, when you say you look at Urban Meyer and see a blank wall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've been listening to Pick and Pigskin winners here on Aaron Torres Media, better known as the ATM, as we try to dish out winners each and every week on Pick and Pigskin winners. Head over to AaronTorresOnline.com just to make it a daily routine for you. And you're going to get a lot of great articles, not only by John Frisella himself at Legend Sports 7 on Twitter, but also Austin Montgomery. J.B. Barry as well, and the man himself, Aaron Torres, who does all things college football and everything else. He is building an empire over there. Make sure you bookmark that on your computer. Make sure you bookmark it on your phone and just make it a regular habit. John, you said a lot of the articles are going really well over there, and I'm very happy to hear that. Yes, it's been a real pleasure so far. Um, we want to thank the fans as it comes above else, right? All the listeners, not fans, because you guys know that have been listening to us, and you ladies know. Wes and I, we're very, very experienced in this game and in football and in really studying, not just saying things on a whim. However, we're also just regular guys. So yeah. always feel free to reach out to us. Uh, it's a casual show. It's a fun show. We want people to feel included. So I don't even say fans. I say friends and listeners. We thank you all so much. The numbers are great so far. So we're just going to keep going up and up until we uh, crush this whole entire universe. Okay, well that's big. Okay, I, I I'll take the over on that, John. Uh, okay. You can follow him at Legend Sports Seven on Twitter. Follow me as well at Loafinet on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you slap those stars around or leave a good review if you can, or a bad review. I think it's just a matter of leaving a review. That that make everybody happy right now. Uh, we appreciate you listening so much. And as always, we want to encourage you to find a way to go out into the world and make an impact in somebody's life today. 